Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel and I'm the host of the show where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Today, we have Olympian Kelsey Campbell of USA Wrestling. Kelsey is so cool. I had an absolute blast getting to talk to her and her dogs. Um, they are making a, a uh, their podcastorial debuts, so very excited about that. Um, but no, Kelsey was so down to earth, so cool. She's a um, you know, born in 1985, so a little older than some of the people that we talked to on the show. Not too old for the earth, of course, but it's always an interesting perspective when you talk to someone just a little bit older and, and seeing where they come from and came from. And uh, I mean, you know, just, just to start off, she started wrestling her senior year of high school and, you know, has made it to the Olympics once, has qualified for the, has qualified for the Olympics, made it to the Olympics once, won the U.S. trials once, but unfortunately did not qualify. It's an interesting story. She gets into it. Uh, five-time U.S. Open champ. She just has such a great story, and she's just such a cool, cool person. And I'm so, so, so grateful that I had the opportunity to speak with her, learn her story, learn what she's about, and hopefully be able to spread the, spread the incredible word of what she's got going on and, and you know, crossing our fingers that she's going to be making the 2020 game. So right around the corner, we'll see what happens. But uh, before we get to Kelsey, uh, have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? I know I did. Um, you know, I wanted to build relationships. I wanted to brand myself more. I wanted to get out in front of people and just have myself be a thought leader. And I've been able to do all that. This is over. I think this is the hundredth episode. Maybe the last one was, maybe the next one is we're right around there. Um, and I learned everything from this course, launchingpodcast.com. Uh, go there. It is a step-by-step -step video course on how to easily create your very own podcast from your idea of, you know, I think this would be cool to talk about on a weekly basis to, hey, you know, this is the fourth episode. We're getting people to listen. We're, we're making some social posts. We have all this stuff going on. So it's really incredible. It's so much fun. And I'm very, very grateful that I had the opportunity to meet with Rob and, and take this course and, and learn literally everything I know about podcasting from him and what he's been able to teach me. Um, I'm sure I read some articles here and there, but he pretty much went over it anyway. So please make sure to go to launchingpodcast.com. Use promo code Mike. You get $50 off. Um, and, you know, it'll it'll give you the opportunity to start your own. And maybe you get to 100 episodes and I'll listen. How's that sound? You give me download for download, right? Comment for comment back in the MySpace days. Um, but, yeah, so make sure you go do that. And now here without further ado is Kelsey Campbell. All right, today's special guest, Kelsey Campbell of USA Wrestling Olympian, born June 5th, 1985 in Anchorage, Alaska, but she's mostly from Oregon. Started wrestling in 2002, which was her senior year of high school. She attended Arizona State University, let's go Sun Devils, won the 2012 and 2016 U.S. Olympic trials, attended the 2012 Olympic Games, and is a five-time U.S. Open champion. Kelsey, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> I promise the pleasure is all mine. You're the Olympian. I'm just the person behind the desk asking some funny questions. So uh, if you don't mind, I guess, so you started wrestling relatively, I mean, I'll say it, relatively late considering how incredible you've gotten. What were those first 17 years like? What were you doing then? <laughs> I um, So I would say like the first things I was passionate about was music and dance. So those were always something... Th those were two activities that I always did. Um, they just, it was natural for me. Um, I was always writing music, always practicing songs that I wrote, always like trying to um, like, like mirror the artists I saw on TV. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was always there and it still is. Um, but then I started doing competitive sports in elementary school, I played basketball for eight years. I played soccer for eight years. I ran track and cross country. 
Um, and I was pretty good at the high school level, but I wasn't like a standout. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, those, those sports are extremely competitive, even at a young age. So in eighth grade, I was playing year round basketball through my junior year of high school, pretty much. Um, and then soccer, I started playing almost year round in middle school. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I was very involved with music and dance, of course, but then I also did some other like team sports as mm-hmm. well. So you're very active. Let's just, that, yeah. that sounds about right. Um, so <laughs> music and dance. So are you a singer songwriter? Is there an instrument of choice? What are you um, I of? sing and I write. So my instrument is my voice. Um, awesome. And then when I was in high school, I taught myself a little bit of piano. Um, I was a little better back then just because I was, like working more on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely just say I'm a singer songwriter. Um, and that's my skill is really like writing. That's um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is there anywhere we can buy your CD? I'll make sure <laughs> put it in the show notes. <laughs> no, I mean, buy yet? No, not at this point, but okay. hope we're, we're trying to get to that that level all right so. i love it congratulations that's <laughs> yeah, so cool thanks. so we got we got a renaissance woman here i love it do a little bit of everything um so th- th- that was the first part of your life and then i guess you know let's yeah. call it chapter two I-, I don't like to put labels on things but it's a lot easier that way um yeah. you started wrestling in 2002 which was your senior year of high school um and considering yeah. how far you've come um that's incredible. So I know the, again, the internet told me that there's a funny little story behind it. So I would love to hear it from you. How, how do you, in your senior year, like I remember my senior year, I was 17, 18. All I wanted to do was hang yeah. out with my friends. I didn't actually, I went to class, but I wasn't really there. Like how do you get into something so competitive that late in your high school career? Um, I don't like, I was joking about it with some guys on the team my junior year mm-hmm. and even I, I couldn't even tell you why I followed through with it, but they basically dared me to join the team. Um, I mean, I feel like when you're young, when you're a teenager, you have conversations like that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet you couldn't do this, whatever. But I, I don't know why I really felt like I needed to prove that I could. So they literally were like, we bet you couldn't last two weeks and whatever. And my senior year, I showed up to practice the first day and it was kind of crazy. Like, I, I don't, I think after we had that little talk, that exchange, my junior year, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I, and I remember like, I didn't really know how to, like, I didn't really know how to be an all around athlete. Like mm-hmm. I did sports, but I never really learned how to like lift weights or anything like that. Um, and so I remember like trying to get stronger over the summer and like do pull, I couldn't do one pull up, but I'm like, I have to be able to do a pull up if I'm going to wrestle. And so I got up to one and, um, yeah, like I just, I remember buying these videotapes, like ordering them because that's what you did back then. There was like not really YouTube. Uh Um, I don't think there was YouTube. No, not in 2002, ordering, no. Yeah, I remember ordering tapes like Dan Gable wrestling technique videos and trying to learn the moves. And it was kind of ridiculous, but 
I think I appreciate my own efforts to like be prepared. So yeah, then I showed up to practice and that was, that was a new beginning for sure. Yeah. I, I think there was yeah. a fork in the road and uh, it mm-hmm. looks like you took it and it worked out pretty well, if I might mm-hmm. say. I mean, like there are so many opportunities along that path to just be like, what the heck am I doing? This is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't need to do this. But you kept sticking with it. And I mean, yeah, as you said, that's a testament to your will, your your, your focus, your determination. I think that that's super cool. Um, yeah. Was this a, uh, a co-ed wrestling team? I wouldn't even say co-ed. I would say it was pretty much like, a men's wrestling team. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I, um, it was co-ed when was you a, got there, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of the way it works, even with title nine is, um, you know, if there's no equivalent, then, then you mm-hmm. do what the guys do. Um, so yeah, I mean, and really I was a girl, but it never came, it never like blatantly came up even mm-hmm. then it was kind of like, yeah, I just showed up and, Um, and I've mentioned this before to people, but in high school, you know, like everyone is doing everything. It's not like you're at an elite level where you have to specialize. I mean, more kids are specializing now, but Mm -hmm. I really Mm -hmm. think that I'm grateful. I did a lot of sports. Like you really learn a lot more about yourself when you try different things than when you just only do what you know you're good at. Um, and I, and I, yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of kids in there that weren't great that were just doing it because their friends were doing it or whatever. And so I was like learning the sport with them. It's not like I was Mm -hmm. the only new person in Mm -hmm. the room. Mm -hmm. No, a hundred percent. I mean, that's just, again, just going back to the fact that it would have been so much easier for you to say, ah, this isn't for me. Um, it's, it's incredible that you stuck with it. And again, that's just such a cool opportunity. It's such a cool uh, path that you're able to Mm -hmm. take. I mean, um, so a couple questions, a couple more questions on that. Um, do you remember the first match you won and the look on the gentleman's face that you beat by any chance? Um, I vaguely remember it. Um, that was a long time ago. Yeah, a couple years, a <laughs> um, couple years. Yeah, uh, he, I believe I beat him by points. And it was like, it was like the JV, it was like a JV2 exhibition match. Like mm-hmm. It was so like far removed from like anything of significance. But I think I won by points, and I'm pretty sure he threw a tantrum at the end. Yeah. Um, but but I had heard from some other guys that he threw a tantrum every time he lost. So oh, okay. I tried not to take it too personal. Yeah. Um, but it was a tournament setup, so I, it's not like I really celebrated. Um, and even I don't know. I never really thought about it till now, but I think even at that point, which was year one, I, I had like kind of this innate sense that like there, I didn't have, like I could celebrate my victories, but I knew something bigger was coming and I kind of needed to keep my eyes forward. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I don't remember. I mean, I think I won like two or three matches my, my first year of wrestling, like boys. Mm-hmm. So, and there's girls that come out and they win all the time, like, and they're just super talented. I don't know. Um, But that wasn't really the case with me ever in my career. Um, And so, yeah, I don't remember, like, like, I don't know, like, putting Mm -hmm. it down on paper or anything. It was just like, yeah, it was a big deal, but 
I mean, I, I lasted more than two weeks. My teammates didn't think yeah. I could do that. So I think that's the story that I keep going back to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more and than it, that did, What was yeah. the bet? Did you win anything or was it just no, a gotcha? No, I think, it was, I think it was just like to last, to like to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I mean, why, why do people say you can't do something? What yeah. is ever the point of that? But it was all in good humor. Like, um, I think the really ironic thing is I'm the only person still wrestling from that team. Like, no one that, else is yes. still wrestling. That is irony. That is fantastic. Yeah. Man, that yeah. is dripping with irony. I love it. Oh, <laughs> that's know. good stuff. Um, so yeah. we're actually – let's take a time out for a second from you. Sorry. Um, but let's talk about wrestling. Um, you know, as I said, before we got on the air, one thing I like to do is I want to educate um, the people listening, um, and the, the, the audience members and, and get them to understand some of these, I'm not going to call wrestling obscure sport. It's one of the first ones that was ever in the Olympic games, but, um, can you kind of explain the sport a little bit? Some of the different disciplines, uh, I've had male and female wrestlers on before, so they've been able to do that as well. But, um, um, you know, obviously a different, different perspectives always nice so kind of I guess the differences between I guess Greco-Roman and freestyle and and then what exactly females do in the Olympics and I guess you can kind of just take it from there yeah I I want to try to keep it really simple I think a more mainstream comparison would be like fighting like MMA it's similar to MMA for anybody that follows that particular sport or discipline um there's no like striking or Mm. like submitting joints but you're really just out there um grappling with the person in front of you and you guys are trying to jockey for a takedown like you're trying to get a takedown and freestyle it's free it's a freestyle so you can pretty much do anything like Mm -hmm. anything goes you can lock your hands you can throw them like you can like kind of bear hug for lack of better words, bear hug your opponent. If you get in position and throw them like over your head Mm -hmm, onto their mm -hmm. back or their stomach. So, um, but the, like the goal is to win by points or pin. Um, and you score points by taking your opponent down off of your own shot or attack. You score when they shoot and you can defend it and like get behind. And then, um, you can pin someone by getting them to their back. Mm -hmm. Um, you can also like tech fall somebody in freestyle. It's 10 points and Greco, I believe it's eight. Um, Greco is only upper body. So you can only attack from like the waist up. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, I would say Greco internationally is, is as far as popularity goes, it's, it's all kind of equivalent. I think in the U S we don't give Greco as much of the attention it deserves. But you watch a high-level Greco match, it's mm-hmm. incredible because they have half the space to do what I'm trying to do with a full body. Mm-hmm. So they're very, like, disciplined technicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love working with Greco athletes. Like, sometimes I'll grab Greco guys to coach me because they pay so much more attention to details because they have less space to work with. Um, so um, Greco, some of the rules, rules are a little bit different. Um, I'm not as familiar, but mm-hmm. freestyle – yeah, you you basically are just trying to win by points or pin, um, and you're you're trying to get to the legs. You can pull on the arms. Um, any you can do anything you want. It's free as long as you're not you know punching them or mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to break their arm. So makes sense. <laughs> um, but Absolutely. it's like a, it's like not 
an obvious sport like basketball where it's like you throw the ball and hope it goes through the net. Like, yeah. but, um, so I, but I think like if you watch one or two matches, you kind of get the gist of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I might not look like it, but I did do wrestling when I was in second grade. So <laughs> no, a little bit more than the next guy, but uh, no, that was great. I think you did a great job at explaining it. I really appreciate it. Nice and succinct. Give us some detail. And, and actually going back to your point before, um, you know, talking about how, do, playing other sports and, and kind of understanding your body more and understanding what other sports can teach you. I think it's really cool that you kind of go within wrestling and work with other disciplines to learn more about that because you can learn from, as you already have done, uh, you can learn from the Greco-Roman coaches and, and fighters and then use that in your own matches um, and understand yeah. how then essentially you can get really good at that and then just, hey, hey, now I can do the, you know, I can attack the whole body, which I think is really yeah. cool. So that's interesting. Right to, your, right to mm-hmm. your point. Look at that. Love it. <laughs> um, and what do you love so much about wrestling? What is it that, I guess, again, kept you in it when you could have easily just said, I don't want to do this anymore? I mean – it's funny you mentioned that earlier and I'm like, I still have days where I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think like, don't we all though, Kelsey, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> especially I think when you're following like a passion versus like a paycheck per se. Um, now if you can turn your passion into an income, that's great. Like more power. But I think when you're following something like wrestling where like the government does not pay us to do it, um, which I think, a lot of people don't know that the government doesn't pay me. Um, I think I love it, but it's just, you get so focused on something so demanding and with so little guarantee. And I think that can, um, you have, you have to love it even on the days you don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if you would have asked me five years ago, I might, maybe would have had a different answer. But I think, uh, I think what kept me in it early on was I always knew that it was a sport where I didn't necessarily have to be the most skilled to be successful. Mm-hmm. And in, in basketball and soccer and even track and field a little bit, um, you have to have a little bit of talent. Like you – like especially basketball and soccer, like those team sports, you have to have talent and you have to have chemistry with the team, which it's like, I mean, how do you orchestrate that? Some of that is just like the stars aligning for mm-hmm. you, you know? Um, and I think with wrestling, I, I saw that I didn't necessarily have to have, I didn't have to be born with something, you know? I could just figure it out mm-hmm. and... And I loved that about the sport because the other sports had been, like I said, I wasn't great at them. And that it's, it's, you know, I mean, like in sports, you you see it like guys or girls that are just really good at something and they, they don't live right, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, because they have talent and I was never that person. And so like, I loved that about wrestling. Um, And I think different things have kept me in it over time. I think as you get older and more competitive, I would definitely say just like the desire to to succeed and to accomplish that goal. Um, you always have to revisit why you started. You always mm-hmm. there. You have to train in such a way that you love what you do. But I think you are focused on the hard days 
because you know what you're aiming for. You know what you're working towards. It's not just like blindly like, and you'll see athletes too. That's like, they fall in love with training and you have to watch being caught up with that. Like I'm getting better and better. I'm learning this and that, but do I love to compete? Do I want to be out there in the arena? Mm -hmm. So um, interesting. It's hard to answer that question. I guess maybe some wrestlers can answer answer it more like simply and especially young athletes. But I think for me, like I'm older, I've been doing it for a while. So you have to revisit things and things have to evolve mm-hmm. as the sport evolves, as I evolve as a person. So yeah. <laughs> Love it. No, no, no. It makes yeah. sense. I mean, like you have to first thank you for being humble and saying that you don't have any talent get out of here let's just start with that come on come on now like clearly you did something i guess right. it depends uh, on how you do it depends on how you define yeah talent. no 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 yeah. no absolutely absolutely um but yeah. no i think that that's really important like understanding like it's you're essentially in a relationship with the sport right like i've been with my girlfriend for i don't know like 10 years at this point it was very different in the beginning and over time it's yeah. changed and we've evolved and we've gotten better and it sounds like yeah um you know you've done the same thing just with a sport um, yeah. you know, so being able to do that and understand where the sport's going, what it's like, what are some of the things on the horizon and what you're looking like and feeling like and changing, um, you know, you've been doing it for what, 17 years at this point. So yeah, pretty long-term relationship, if I might say so, yeah. uh, you know, clearly, uh, clearly you guys, you and wrestling have been doing this dance for a little while and it's, it's, uh, getting better and better every day. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the flip side is that, you know, and and I think in a lot of things, you see a problem, you troubleshoot, you know, in different like work scenarios I've been in, you troubleshoot, you like address the problem and you fix it and move on. And I think especially in combat sports, it's not always like that. Um, You address something, but you might not see immediate results. It isn't like, well, Mm -hmm. did that fix that? Well, we got to go compete. And then I got to, then I need to compete like, mm-hmm. and I need to apply what I learned. And so combat can definitely be um, tedious in that way. There's no like quick fixes. Um, and you can know everything in the world, but you still got to go out there and apply it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, very cool. So thank you so much for that. So you went to Arizona state. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you wrestle were you a wrestler at arizona state yeah i yeah? um yeah so i went there for one year sorry i've got three dogs who are trying to let's tell them we say hi what are their names hi uh zola boy and tucker my boy. first two zola zola <laughs> she's uh she's wrestling me for the snacks um something tells me you're gonna win that battle yeah i don't know she's pretty (laughs) stubborn she's definitely my dog Uh um so um my first two dogs i named after Grey's anatomy characters Ah, and and then my sorry this is a little off topic my third dog i actually found him like he was abandoned and i took him in and i called him boy because i didn't want to get attached Mm. and then i still have him like almost a year later so she yeah. answers to boy now um so yeah. that's cute i love it yeah. see and that's why we do these live we gotta do it. i love it i love it yeah um so you went to arizona state for a year yeah. um was yeah. did you was wrestling like specifically why you went there 
No, no. So I, I moved to Arizona State. I was really involved in my ministry. And mm -hmm. um, like my dream at the time, you know, I had this backhand, like I want to be the, an Olympian one day, but it was like, I mean, that was like 2006. I've, I'd been wrestling three years and mm -hmm. I was like already like I already was older. Like, mm -hmm. like what was I going to do at that point? Um, so my dream at the time was like ministry. Like I want to do ministry. I want to work with college students. So I had actually moved to Arizona to like with a group of people to like get a campus ministry going. And, mm -hmm. um, but I was still kind of wrestling. It was definitely more of a hobby, but I treated it like it was like my serious sport. You know, no one cared mm -hmm. that I was doing it, but I treated it like it was a big deal. And I was they had this like MMA club at ASU. I actually don't tell a lot of people this, but I guess awesome. it's out. Now um, you're telling yeah. hundreds of people. How cool is that? Yeah. It was like the closest I could get to like wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I guess. Um, and this, one of the members of the club saw me and was like, you should try out for ASU. And which is incredible. Cause I was so terrible. <laughs> I was even at that point, like I was, better than a lot of people in the room at wrestling mm -hmm. at that room but i was not i was not at the level of an asu wrestler mm -hmm. and um and so yeah i tried out for the t or i walked on the team essentially um the next year but it was not my idea <laughs> i was not that is not what brought me to asu um it was something so completely different and yeah, I found myself on the team, you know, kind of crazy. And it worked out. Absolutely. Yeah, that, it worked again, out. Again, again, there's a huge fork in the road and you just seemed like you're taking the, the path. Uh -huh. you're taking, I mm -hmm. mean, almost the path of most resistance, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. And it's just yeah. working and working and working. I love it. Um, so this yeah. was 2006, you said. And then six years later. I guess the joke's on you. You did make the Olympics. Um, you know, mm -hmm. tell, tell us about what the Olympic trials was like. I know you went in as a, I don't know, I'm not going to say heavy, but you definitely went in as an underdog, if I'm not mistaken, at least into that final match. Um, and you ended yeah. up winning. I mean, what, what was all that like? That's incredible. Yeah, um, that was incredible. I, I've had to revisit that a lot. I think when you go through like rough patches, you have to revisit those times you overcame we always remember things differently in hindsight, but I journal a lot. And so I've had to go back to some of those old entries and be like, like, what was, where was my head that like, what did I do in those moments? Um, even now I've, I'm doing that because we're getting to that point where it's like everything matters. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, uh, I was definitely the underdog and I, I had made a couple world teams at a non-Olympic weight. Um, and I had had some success for sure. I made my first national team in 2009. Um, so I had been traveling and competing at a pretty high level for about three years. Um, I, Arizona State, I made a lot of jumps. And then I made national team. And that opened up a lot more doors. And I just got better. Um, and so you start to travel and compete internationally. And you just start to improve. And, um, so I'd climbed the ladder, so to speak, I'd gotten better, but 
I'd never beat the girl that was favored. And mm-hmm. then the girl, the, the other, there was another girl ahead of me who I went back and forth with, but she was very difficult for me to wrestle. Um, and then there was another girl who is now a UFC fighter who was actually the favorite over all of us. Mm-hmm. And then um, she got a neck injury and then later found out she had cancer. Mm. Her name's Tatiana Suarez. You might know her. She's mm-hmm. a pretty awesome fighter. But she actually, she was the one. Like, she was the one who was going to make that team. But then with the neck injury, that, that stifled that dream. And she went on and like recreated her dream but there was like there was a few girls ahead of me and i think i and and while i'd had some success i'd also failed on the world stage and in a pretty big way and so i really had to like i think you you always have a decision to make i remember being like 8 months out i had just lost in the first round of worlds at a non olympic weight like I was wrestling girls that probably weren't going to be in London and I'm sitting there just like, I can't even like win one match at this weight at Worlds, and I'm trying to make the Olympic team. And I remember like having just one of those talks with my coach and, and just really kind of looking inward. And, and so moving forward, I just made a decision to, um, I, I made a lot of decisions, you know, it's, I was living right. It's not like I was doing a lot of things that were crazy, but I think when you look back, you have to ask yourself, like, why did I, if you fail, like, why did I fail? Mm -hmm. Like once the emotions have settled, you have to be like, so I'm sitting there before thinking like, what would I say to myself if I didn't accomplish this? And those were the things I had to start going after. Like if I was ever going to get beat, why? And I had to be really honest about it. No one, like, this isn't something I was sharing with people. This was just between me and the sport. Mm-hmm. And those were the things I really improved on. And I think as an athlete, you have to take ownership of yourself because what if you're winning, especially, like, if you're successful, coaches will feed you. And now social media, fans, whatever, people will feed you a lot of information. They'll tell you you're great at this or you're great at that. Or they'll tell you you're not great at this. And you have to just kind of look inward and decide, like, what do I need to grow in um, and keep yourself accountable on some level. And I think I did that. I think I really, really took ownership of my mm-hmm. journey. And um, I was really lucky. I had some really great coaches. And I, they instilled in me that you can always improve, even if even if you're like three weeks out, changes can be made. And so, you know, now it's really popular to say get better one person every day. Like, there's like all types of hashtags about mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. greatness and mindset and whatever. But I think it was very organic, you know, for me. Like I was doing those things, but it wasn't being like retweeted. Mm -hmm, I was just mm -hmm. like, you know, I was just kind of like in my own way getting a little better every day. And so then, yeah. Yeah. So then I get, I get to Olympic trials and I think I, in that journey of preparation, I had to surrender the outcome and, and people tell you, you can't be outcome focused, but you have to get there mm-hmm. yourself. You can't just preach that. You have to really like be there. And I was there. I was like, maybe I'm just not going to win today. Like, I don't know. 
Um, but I had, I could say I did everything I could truly like, so when I won it, it was a shock. It was definitely an upset, but in hindsight, it's like, I did, I did a lot of things right. Mm -hmm. And, and I let myself compete. So, so it kind of, like you said, worked out. (laughs) It kind of worked out. I mean, half the battle, what is it? What's the quote? Like 90% is just showing up uh, or 80% is just showing up. And I mean, clearly you did that over and over and over and over and over again. Uh And uh, you know, it's not, it's not a surprise. You said you got lucky. I personally don't believe in luck. Um, I think you put in a significant amount of work and deserve and earned everything you got. So I think that that's incredible. So you won the trials. Um, uh-huh. What were the games like? You know, I, I, I mean, I get to talk to Olympians all the time now, and it's incredible. But I still get chills hearing these stories. I mean, first off, yeah. everybody has to tell me about the swag. I mean, everybody <laughs> loves talking about we got to the yeah. airport and I got 14 duffel bags worth of Nike and Ralph Lauren. Like, that part's great. But you know, what were the games like? What was your experience like in being there? Yeah. Being- um, I mean, it was, it was exhausting. It was exciting. The fans in London were awesome. Mm-hmm. They would like chase, they would chase you down if they saw that you were Olympian and they didn't, they just appreciated sport. Mm-hmm. They were very good fans. Um, and they and it wasn't in a like overwhelming like uh, disrespectful way. Like I never felt disrespected by any anybody that like because we would leave the village sometimes mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to go to the mall. I had family in London. I had friends and family watch coming to visit and watch me in the games. So I I got I left the village on occasion, um, and and it was exciting. Um, and yeah, the village was great. It was like, it was like an athlete's paradise. And you know, some athletes were there to party. They were just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. I think the U.S. is a little, I think we're definitely as a country a little more, we take it a little more serious for sure. So like when we do acclimation and the training, we leave, we leave London, we go somewhere else and we mm-hmm. acclimate elsewhere to stay focused. Um, I was, I had to drop a lot of weight. There was only four weight classes at the time. And I naturally walked, walked around about 15 pounds heavier than the weight class. So I had to diet down. Um, and then I also got a pretty bad injury um, after trials, but before the games that I didn't, only like two people, two or three people knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't really tell anybody. Um, I didn't even tell my training partner. Like, I think people knew something was wrong, but mm-hmm. I... I wasn't very public about the injuries. So that it was a great experience, but that was very stressful and kind of bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but it was amazing. Like I met so many athletes that I look up to and yeah, I just, I didn't really, I didn't get to enjoy the 24 hour cafeteria until after I competed um, because my diet was so Uh strict. You mean you can't um, but, eat McDonald's on a very strict diet? That's crazy, huh? Weird. It's so funny because I remember um, I went into the, like, it's this big, huge, like, room. Like, I, I can't eat, I don't even know how to explain it. And there's all these types of foods that represent all these mm-hmm. different places in the world. And I remember looking at McDonald's and that line was, like, half a mile deep. I mm-hmm. mean, there was no shame. People loved it. It was free these athletes loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know, in in the U S we're just so like, it's not good for you, obviously, but 
nobody like proudly is no athlete is like i'm eating mcdonald's today Mm -hmm. like you know but there it was just like people did what they wanted that's funny hey you got there man you do whatever you gotta do i love it that's too funny um so that's unfortunate the injury obviously um and and kind of having to deal with that the entire time is you know probably not the ideal case um so, I mean, like outside of the actual competition, I mean, what was just your experience like meeting? Did you meet like Serena and Venus? Did you go out and meet any of the basketball players? Like what was your, I guess, mission when you were there to make sure that you took in the the biggest and best experience you could while you were at the games? Um, so, I don't know. I think I was just, like I said, I was dieting a lot. So, I was, that really took up a lot of my attention. <laughs> um, but I... I got to meet, I think the most starstruck moment I got was definitely meeting Kobe Bryant. I I remember it well. Um, Opening ceremonies, they line you up, you're in your outfit, and you just wait and wait and wait and wait forever. And little tidbit, like me and James Harden, we went to school together. So, oh, Arizona State, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we were there. He was only there like two years two years and I was only there two years before I moved to Colorado. So we were there at the same time. So I knew him and he was big even then, but we were in the same opening ceremonies together. This Mm -hmm. was both of our first Olympic. And I remember like seeing him and he's like, I know you. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So like we like took a picture and that was kind of cool. It was super cool. Um, And I, so we line up and my teammate Clarissa uh, she was like, we got to stay with the basketball players. That's how you get on TV. <laughs> and so I remember seeing Kobe Bryant and my camera sucked. And I remember I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get a picture. I was just acting crazy, but I like couldn't help it. Cause he's, he's like still one of my favorite athletes of all time. Mm-hmm. And my picture was blurry and I, and I was like freaking uh... out. Cause I'm like, am I ever going to have this opportunity again? So we're walking through the ceremonies and we spot him again and I go up to him again and his like bodyguard guy is kind of like annoyed with me, mm-hmm. but he was so like, of all the athletes I met, he was probably the most like kind, like just so easy going about it. And they, in the opening ceremonies, they chant when your country comes out, they chant your country. Mm-hmm. But when Kobe Bryant came out, the entire arena chanted Kobe. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen any, he's, he's that famous. Yep, like, absolutely. And for him to be so willing to like take two pictures with me, like I was pretty impressed by that. That's um, pretty funny. Hey, sorry. The first one didn't come out great. Could we do this? Again? I know. Like, that's too cute. I could have, I, I was like, I can't even believe this is happening, but I'm Oh kidding. man. That is too, yeah. yeah, you have to at that point. Yeah. I mean, what's he going to yeah. do? Say no, big deal. That yeah. is too cool. So it sounds like the experience itself was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Did you get, so when, when was your competition? Like when during the, the time frame? Cause it sounds like it was a little bit later at what doesn't Later, like yeah. Early. Yeah. Some athletes can't even go to opening ceremonies cause they compete the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think we were like maybe like two weeks after opening ceremonies. So we did the ceremonies and then, uh, we, we did some press stuff and then the first lady was there, Michelle Obama. And so we, and I actually have a really cool story about that. Um, um, but we saw her speak and then we left to France to a like really small town and trained. Um, and then 
yeah. And then about two weeks later we came back. Um, so it goes by slow, but then it, then it's, then you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it feels like um, it takes the, forever, but then towards the end it's gone. And then That's, there was yeah. only a few days left after wrestling. And then you, you pack your stuff and you move out because Paralympics comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it went by, went by pretty fast. And then, and then it was like on to the next. <laughs> mm-hmm. that is, that's how it is. So tell us your yeah. story with Michelle Obama, though. So this is so crazy. Um, there's like Tarasi, Tarani. There's a really famous female basketball player. And I Diana Tarasi? Yes. I, yes. I never pronounced her name right. But anyways, so in this brunch um event where michelle spoke to us and there was other like past olympic champions that spoke to us um it was the women's wrestling team fencing like all of fencing and then Mm -hmm. women's basketball so a little little background when i was in college at asu i worked full-time at paradise bakery at fashion square mall Mm. and i had a lot of jobs shout out paradise bakery what's up i know and um and i remember like working there i was online fully online as a student athlete so that i could work and i was there was like around lunch um and i remember trossy comes up with somebody i don't her agent maybe i don't know and they order food and i'm just like oh my gosh like i'm like serving food to this Mm -hmm. Anyways, and I, but that happens at Fashion Square. Like a lot of famous people go through there. So I was like, try not to be crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, ask for two pictures. Right. I, right. <laughs> I just, I didn't need, I mean, I'm like literally like in an apron. Uh-huh. Like I didn't even want a picture. And so that was um, 2008, I think, 2007 mm-hmm. or 8. And so fast forward to 2012. And I'm in this room with the first lady and a bunch of these Olympians and I look over and I see Tarasi and it's just the craziest thing. Cause you just don't realize what can change mm-hmm. like a couple of years ago. And she, she probably wouldn't know me from Adam, but I'll never forget sitting there thinking like I was like serving her food, like as a struggling, struggling college student. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like sitting in the same room with her listening to the first lady. It was just one of those moments only you can experience, mm-hmm. but um, wow, like how, how much things changed. Yeah, that, I mean, that time is a flat circle. Like that is incredible. It all comes, everything comes <laughs> yeah. back around. And I mean, it, yeah. you know, if, if someone told you like two minutes afterwards, someone walked up and said, hey, you know, you and her are going to be sitting in the same room in London, listening yeah. to the first lady speak at the Olympics. You would have been like, no I don't way. even know who you are. Please leave, sir. Like that, yeah. uh, that is incredible. So, I mean, congratulations yeah. on that. That is a very cool story. Yeah. I, I always love hearing things like that because that is, yeah. I mean, that's spine tingling. I mean, that's just, yeah that's not supposed to happen right like but Mm -hmm. it did and it does yeah that's incredible so uh sounds like you had a pretty good time in 2012 so congratulations on that um i mean i don't want to take up your whole day and but i don't like fast forwarding through the story so 2012 2016 you won the olympic trials again Uh, it's not like you were sitting on your couch in between 2012 and 2016 (laughs) though right um so what what were some major events that happened uh in between that period of time that uh you might you might want to bring up yeah, you know, I just, um, I had surgery. I mentioned I had had an injury. So I had surgery and it was kind of, it was kind of a big deal. 
Boy. <laughs> Dogs. Dog. <laughs> um, I'm going to relocate because they're getting excited. Um, so I had the injury, um, and it was kind of like one of the first surgeries of its kind that I had. Like, not a lot of the surgeons had done it, so it was pretty innovative. Um, and that I didn't know if I would come back from that. So even just coming back from the surgery was a pretty big deal. And then, um, I kept competing and I, and again, I wasn't sure I'd come back like even the same athlete, but I knew, I always thought my goal was to go to the Olympics, but I realized once, like, once you go, it's like, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. Like I want to win. And so I, decided I was going to keep going. Um, the wrestling got taken out of the Olympics and then it got reinstated. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of crazy. I, I mean, a lot of us didn't know if we even had a future in the sport. Um, so I competed, I was number two, number two, number two, like consistently. And there were other people I lost to, um, leading up to that next Olympic trial. So it's not like it got, it's not like in combat you win and it gets easier. Um, it just, they just keep getting younger and quicker. Mm -hmm. And um, the target gets bigger and bigger on your back, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then, so it was kind of similar. Like I had to, once again, like kind of reevaluate myself and figure out like, how do I do this? I went through a really, really rough breakup, like right before the Olympic trials. So there was just a few things that like, you know, you go through some rough patches and you just kind of are like, you have to, um, I don't know, you have to really like compartmentalize, mm -hmm. but, and it can feel like chaos and very painful going through some of that, but it kind of forces you to just focus on the moment, which I think is when you get the best you, like mm -hmm. it's when you, so I ended up winning 2016, but again, I hadn't won since 2012. So <laughs> I had this, like, I was creating kind of this reputation for like figuring it out on Olympic year. It's not, it's, I wouldn't recommend that path for anybody. It's kind of a tough way to live. Uh-huh. Um, Better that though, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you won the 2016 trials, but unfortunately yeah. your weight class was not qualified for the games, correct? Yeah. So, um, and I'd seen that happen before in the U.S. Mm. I didn't. I didn't really get it, and I don't think you can ever get it unless mm. you're in the position. But yeah. basically, like, so in 2012, the weight had already been qualified mm -hmm. when I made the team. So I was going. Like Helen had placed fifth at Worlds the year before. The weight was qualified. It was done. I was an Olympian. But the girl I beat in 2016, who had been number one. She had had two opportunities to qualify the weight and hadn't. And um, so when I made the team, I had two more, but not that qualifiers are never easy, but mm -hmm. that put me in a position to like qualify the weight at some in some extremely tough circumstances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could go into detail about like people that were there that you're like, they, they go on to be medalists and you're like, you shouldn't even be here. Like you should already be qualified. Like, mm -hmm. So I ended up not qualifying the weight. And especially as an American, you just never think you're going to be in that position. Mm -hmm. You never think. I remember losing in the 
quarters or the semis of the last qualifier and you have to make the finals as a female. And I was sobbing. I mean, I was sobbing. My coach had to like, like almost carry me to the back. And I just, I just couldn't believe that was it. There were no more chances. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going. And I don't even think I fully got it at that point, what that meant. Cause in wrestling, like they don't even take you like mm -hmm. other sports, they'll take you mm -hmm. like even, the, even the men, there was a couple guys that did not qualify and they took them. But in women's like they didn't, it was like, that was it. You're like yesterday's news. And so I, it was super painful. And again, like it was just something people could not, I, people would ask me, I, I did some appearances and they'd be like, so how close did you get? And I'm like, I can't even believe you're asking me this right now. Like, and, and people, they, they just, um, people can be pretty insensitive mm -hmm. um, because they just know what they see on Twitter. Like they yep. just don't, they don't get that. Like, you know, you, you do sacrifice and I'm grateful to live this life, but you sacrifice so much and then it's just done and you can't blame anyone. You have to own it, but it's like, give me some time, you know, mm -hmm. like, so, and then everyone's excited about the Olympics. Meanwhile, like I like unfollowed everything. I pretty much couldn't go online until mm. it was over. It was just like too painful for me. Yeah. Um, but I learned a lot about myself. I got through it. Um, I can talk about it now. There was a time where I like, was like, I cannot talk about this. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, I, I can honestly say, Aside from winning a gold medal, I've pretty much experienced everything, the highs and the lows yeah. that you can experience. I mean, it's just, as you were saying, like as an American, it's, it's so difficult to not, I mean, maybe it's our slight entitlement, but like, it's so difficult to assume that we wouldn't be in a sport. I, I just, from my point of view, not even, you know, really, you know, I played JV baseball, so, you know, <laughs> that, but, um, you know, baseball. <laughs> um, you know, it's just kind of almost an assumption on our part that it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, this is a sport. That means we're one of the best in it because we're 400 million deep and we have a lot of money. So hopefully we can train a lot of people and, and, and see what yeah. happens. So, um, you know, it's just crazy to think that you were the best in the country at something. Um, one of the best in the world at something, but unfortunately just the weight class wasn't qualified. And, uh, you know, it's just, just crazy to think that that happened. And I'm glad you yeah. can talk about it now, but I could assume, yeah, after, after it happening and, and for a little while running up to, um, a certain point, really not being able to speak about it, but it seems like, uh, you're pretty level-headed about it now. I'm sure it's not your favorite <laughs> yeah. topic to discuss and we don't have to talk about it too much more, but as you said, you learned yeah. a lot about yourself and you were able to, you know, come up with, you know, great ways to spit it into a positive and at least in some way, shape, yeah. form, and we run with it, man. That's all we yeah. can do. So, um, so 2020 question mark. Yeah. What do we got yeah. going on? What do we need yeah, to do? I'm, yeah. I'm kind of at that place now where like it's 2019, but things start to get pretty serious mm -hmm. <laughs> about this time. Um, and you can't beat the process and you can't beat time and you know like the the mat doesn't discriminate you know your sponsors however much money you make whatever like i don't believe like people like look good feel good wrestle good i don't really believe in that like mm -hmm. i think prepare correctly and compete and wrestle good like mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but yeah so like i just am really trying to tighten things up and 
it just, it's a different battle now. Um, I do, I'm getting better for sure. Like mm -hmm. I know I am, but I'm still trying to figure out how to put it together. And I think my experience in 2016 made me realize like everybody's like, I want to make the Olympic team. And, and I've even talked to some young girls about this. I'm like, like, like the way people talk about it, it's like, if you really want this, you need to be prepared to like represent team USA. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't just fall in your lap. Nothing does. Like you're, you'll find yourself in a position where you thought it would, you would just get there and it'd be like easy or something, but um, you can't leave it in someone else's hands. Um, and so like, I'm really trying, really working towards just, you know, making the small adjustments and doing things right. Um, there's a lot of uncontrollables. Um, so you just kind of have to prepare for every scenario and then you see what your draw is and you compete. Um, it's not like an endurance sport where you're like, mm -hmm. this, this is how fast I run. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so um, I'm just trying to, I've been competing um, and I've had a few injuries here and there since 2016. Um, I've had one surgery and yeah, you know, like just trying to put it all together and be healthy and mm -hmm. make the right choices for me. And that's all you can do. That's you know? all you can ever do. Put like, yourself in, try the, to, yeah. <laughs> put yourself in the best position. Um, I have to assume you're not a very big Deion Sanders fan. Look good, feel good, play good, but Hey, I'm not, either, <laughs> so it works out. It but. doesn't work for me. It, yeah. For yeah, some yeah, athletes, yeah. they swear by it, but that I, I personally don't believe in that, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I think it's catchy. It's it a really easy catch. hashtag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. You love hashtags, don't you? I love it. I love it. It's too good. Well, we just, I mean, I was, I'm an 85 girl, so I didn't, I watched this world, like, yeah. I watched us get here and it's mm -hmm. almost kind of humorous. Oh, so I absolutely. Like to, like, I, I'm in it, but I jab at it for sure because it yeah. is kind of like silly. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely silly. But um, I mean, how did we get connected? You saw something that you liked on my Instagram page. So uh -huh. I said, hey, thanks for following. You're an Olympian. I do this podcast. Do you want to mm -hmm. hang out with me for an hour one morning at 630? And you said, absolutely. I'd love to. So yeah, absolutely. hey, it works out. It works out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So 2020 is coming up. Crossing our fingers, I promise you, me and all the audience members. Um, but one thing I always like to ask, you know, what is your life after your sport? Um, not trying to kick you out. Obviously, we want to see you in the Olympics one more time. But as we know, athletes' careers come to an end. You know, I can yeah. sit in front of a microphone, hopefully crossing my fingers for the next 40, 45 years. Uh, but I don't <laughs> think you'll be able to wrestle for the next 45 years, at least not no. at an Olympic level, unfortunately. No. So what is, what's next? What's your career after your career? Um, what I want to do is pursue music and I've already started mm -hmm. working on some projects with, um, mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be record, I'm going to start recording a three song project tomorrow. Um, somehow I got connected with, uh, like a cinematographer. He's like putting together a, um, documentary mm -hmm. on like musicians. So that was like super random, but I'm so excited about that because that's such, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's, to like wrestling and music are passions, but wrestling is like hard for me. Mm -hmm. Whereas music, it's like, there's like, like it's, it just comes more mm -hmm. natural. Mm -hmm. So like I'm getting the ball, ball rolling now so that I can kind of hit the ground running after wrestling. And 
um, it's definitely a backseat priority, but, um, you know, like I've had a lot of real work experience. I've done an internship. I am getting my MBA. So like, Congratulations. no matter what happens, I'll be, I'll be okay. Like, mm. I, I'm not going to be like, what do I do after wrestling? Like I have options. Um, mm-hmm. coach, coaching is always an option. Um, I always tell people I could never coach, but I, I find myself in coaching situations quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't, I can tell you what I want to do is music for sure. That's like where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely know myself the best on a stage. So we'll see. <laughs> I love it. I love being on a yeah. stage too. Um, I've been <laughs> in front of like 15 people and I was like, if only this was 15,000, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. But one day. One day I'm getting better at speaking. So hopefully I'll be able to do that in front of crowd soon. But um, I love it. So yeah, I mean, you know, considering your drive determination and, uh, you know, as you said, the passion behind it, shoot, nothing can hold you back at this point. And hopefully by the time this is released, all three of those songs will also be released. And then I'll be yeah. able to point people to your new CD and they can buy it. So look at yeah. that. Oh, see, look everything that. comes full circle. Yeah. Everything comes full circle. Um, and I know one thing that you said that you wanted to speak a little bit about. So you rescued Boy. Um, you know, I know you're very into animal rescue as, as well, and that's kind of a, another passion play of yours. So what, um, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the other things you have going on outside of, you know, your two careers um, that you got going on. Yeah, like I, I'm just like really passionate about like animals and just like treating them right and um, being humane towards them. And so I visited quite like a couple sanctuaries and really I'm not, I'm not an animal activist, but I, I try to be vocal. I try to use like my social media platform to speak about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, like adopt, don't shop, like, um, hashtag I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to convince my roommate to let me like rescue another dog. Like, um, that that'll be four that's a lot of dogs <laughs> and I have their big dogs they're not small so it's like a lot of work but um my dream would be to like like start a dog rescue mm-hmm. dogs specifically because I don't know I don't know like everyone has their thing yeah. um I like I like working with youth I I'm involved in big brother big sister um and I have been for quite a few years um I, I've always just kind of had a heart for, I don't even know the right word, like this place. I don't know if that's the right word, um, but just mentoring more hands-on. Mm-hmm. Like I think volunteering is cool, but mm-hmm. I, I really like to be more involved. And um, like my mom was adopted. Um, a camp I do every summer in Washington, there's a couple that literally fosters kids and raises them as kids. And that's what they've committed their life to. And they've raised so many kids and they all wrestle. Well, most of them wrestle. So I've gotten to meet a lot mm-hmm. of them. That's cool. And, I've, and it's incredible. And so I've always wanted to be involved with that in some way. Um, and then um, I would love to, and then I'm also trying to transition just to be more eco-friendly in my own personal life. Um, I've been reaching out to some of my sponsors just on how we can like address our packaging, like Mm -hmm. less plastic and even like my food prep company that I work with, like prepping my food in glass containers and um, transitioning my household products and my clothing even. And, and I think I just kind of learned indirectly through my diet um, through like some of the adjustments I've made that Mm -hmm. 
like once you are aware of it, it's kind of hard to not see how much you waste and how mm-hmm. much your how big your footprint is. And so I I don't I'm not definitely don't preach to anyone. I'm just trying to make some changes yeah. in my own life and and use my influence with my sponsors to make changes there too. The best leaders lead by example, right? So clearly, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what you got to do. And if you have some pull, as you said, you've already utilized your platform in certain ways. So I think that that's incredible. Um, you know, that's what you got. So you got to run with it. You know, why not? Yeah. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're making a little difference in this world. I think you are. So that's cool. <laughs> Um, so yeah. awesome. Kelsey, this has been a, such a fun conversation. Thank you so much. <laughs> One more time. We have Kelsey Campbell, USA wrestling Olympian. Um, you know, not much more. So five time, I know we didn't get to it. Five time us open champ. Thank you so much yeah. for, for crushing it on state side as well. So Kelsey, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kelsey Campbell, USA wrestling Olympian, almost two time Olympian maybe two-time Olympian. Uh, Kelsey was such a fun person. As I said, her and her dogs were incredible getting to talk to her. It was crazy early. She woke up at like, I I don't know. She did the interview at 6.30. So I'm sure that means she gets up at five and did all her morning routine at that point. But super grateful that we had the opportunity to talk to her and and really learn and understand what she's going through and how she's doing it. She was such a fun person, such a good soul. Um, And, you know, very, very grateful that she's the one that puts on the uniform and represents our country. And I'm the guy that sits behind the microphone and I get the ask of the question. So I'm very, very happy about that. So make sure to follow Kelsey on all of her socials. Everything will be in the show notes. So I'll make sure everything's in there. Uh, please follow us at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter. Check out the new website, www.ourathletes.us. Same name, just way better looking, nicer, has a lot more stuff on it. Very excited about that. Um, uh, thank you to launchingpodcasts.com. Promo code Mike, $50 off. You want to start your own podcast? easy step-by-step video course make sure you go there it was a blast and please rate review comment share subscribe get this out in front of some people all you have to do is like click two buttons and i would sincerely sincerely appreciate it it helps me um but mostly it just helps get these stories out in front of more and more people because it is incredible they're incredible and all their stories as you just heard with kelsey are incredible so you know get this one specifically share this with your friends tell them about how awesome this is and i think we'd be really we'd be in a good spot so other than that thank you all so much sincerely appreciate it and i hope you have a wonderful day